What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, as always, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is December 3rd, 2022. And as of recording, the U.S. is losing to the Netherlands in the World Cup. So rest in peace, my boys. You made it so far. Uh, (laughs) But today we're not talking about football or soccer. We're talking about comedy and sketch and stuff like that. Everyone, please welcome my guest for this week. It's Sam Schaefer. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I, uh... You are the first person uh, I think I've interviewed on here that uh, has a sketch team. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. So I want to I get into that. But first, what was, what was your first exposure to like the comedy world in general? Did you come from a family that was into comedy stuff? or No, I mean, I, I, I grew up in a, a, a Jewish family. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I feel like that's always like, you know, <laughs> it, it naturally funny. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I like I, I didn't really grow up around like comedy. Um, I'm like from New Orleans. I mm-hmm. just kind of like I don't know the, the typical Southern things like yeah, about, like sports and whatnot down there. Right, right. Um, I I knew that I liked comedy. Like I would obsessively like rewatch everything. Like there isn't something that I like that is comedic that I haven't seen like ten times. Mm-hmm. Um, so like growing up, I would just watch stand up specials constantly. And like, who who was your who was your like early ones? Who like got man, you in? I mean, like what was your first middle hit? Middle school, I found like Bo Burnham, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, um, like every you know that was a game changer. White liberal is just like yeah, exactly. Like, this guy's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, I immediately gravitated towards I think what like everyone in my generation did when they found comedy so it was like Mulaney and then like you find like the Kroll show mm. Key and Peel. Um, how, how old are you I'm 25 25 okay yeah. cool I'm like right reference. on the cusp of like millennial and Gen Z you're like extra cuspy I'm yeah. like I'm like 28 so I'm like a little bit more millennial yeah. but I I understand because like a lot of those were like college for me so it's yeah. like a different I don't yeah. know yeah. I remember like finding Key and Peel in like middle school or like early high school and mm-hmm. just being like oh this is like this is the, the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you ever watch Mad TV? No, I didn't. And I, I, I didn't, like, watch it. I think, you know, with, like, the rise of YouTube, they obviously, all of their stuff got super popular. So, yeah. like, you know, all of, all of the more, like, problematic sketches that they would do nowadays, <laughs> like, I went viral and I saw that. And I was like, at the time, everyone was like, this is funny. And now everyone's like, oh, this is really bad. Um, yeah. In hindsight, like, I... Mad TV was my first like comedy thing yeah. I watched. Loved it, loved it all so much. And I'm like, you know, 12, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. 12 years old. And then like getting older, it's like, okay, there's still a few sketches that really hold up. And there's a few that I'm like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I feel like Whitest Kids You Know was also oh, a hell one. yeah. It was along the similar lines of Mad TV. That like Whitest Kids You Know was the best. That oh, was like, God. That was like the niche. Like if you were really looking for some sketch comedy, yeah. that was oh like my God. deep was just cut. Insane, insane stuff. <laughs> Did you have a favorite Key and Peele or a favorite Whitest Kids You Know that comes to mind? Um, I mean, Whitest Kids You Know, I really like uh, I, I, the George Bush, the killing the president of the United States. Have you seen this? Mm. It's, oh, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Being like, you cannot get on TV and say, I want to kill the president. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is, I would the the first time I saw that I was like whoa and then I like rewatched that you know later in life and I was like oh this is so fucking funny yeah. and smart <laughs> um, and then Key and Peele uh, I really like uh, the sketch where they're 
it's the two fighters talking mm. shit right before uh, they're about to fight. Mm. And one of them is just like, I'm going to knock him out. And then one guy goes like, I'm going to like put you on a ventilator. And like, that's exactly <laughs> my level of humor. It's just like one normal guy, like trying to be normal. And then just one absolute freak. Yeah. Ruin everyone else's experience. Yeah. That's both amazing. Yeah. Both amazing sketches. What? So you're high school. You're like obsessively watching these shows. Mm-hmm. Who are the standups you get into? Or how do you find about stand up stand up? Are you getting into sketch first or like I I would say like stand up was later than sketch because sketch was just like a natural like you know, like everyone my age got into comedy, I think, through like YouTube videos and like yeah, SNL yeah. for the most part. So okay. it was like sketch was like the the accessible way mm-hmm. and then stand up always seemed like like not weird to me, but I was just like, Okay, these people are just telling jokes. Yeah. And yeah. I like, you know, watched you know, Bo Burnham got me into stand-up because I think he's, like, he was the hybrid between the like, yes. sketch and yeah, and yeah. performative. And then, like, you know, you watch uh, Mulaney, you get into, like, all of these other uh, guys, like Birbiglia with storytelling. And, yeah. Um, and from there, in high school, I think is when I, I really, really got into stand-up. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So do you do do you do you end up trying stand up at all when you go to college? Did you go to college? I did. I okay. Did to I went to college in DC, um, and I, I was I joined a I went through a really bad breakup my junior year, um, and was really of sad high school of college. College. Okay. Uh, and one of my friends was like, "Hey, like I just joined like this weird sketch thing, mm-hmm. and they're looking for people. You're sad, and you shouldn't be alone. Just like come and like you're you're funny." Like try to try to do this. And then, yeah, like, yeah. I just remember like writing one joke, and like the college I went to had like a state of the art newsroom because like their school of media is really oh. big, GW. Okay. Um, and so everyone's in the control room. I've like written like I've written all of like essentially what are like weekend update jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first joke got everyone in the control room laughing to the point where like the guy that was like running the team at that time was like, who wrote that? And yeah. I, I like raised my hand <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is the most addictive high I've ever experienced yeah. <laughs> in my entire life. I'm going to chase this You can forever. never go back. <laughs> yeah. And so I did sketch and then I was like, you know, I want to get into stand up. Um, and from there, uh, I went to my first stand up open mic, uh, like mid February, 2020. Um, I went to two and then the world <laughs> shut down. Um, so rewinding a little bit. So your sketch yeah. team in college, is this, you said that, is this like you're in this newsroom for like weekend update stuff? Is that the primary yeah. thing they're doing or it was, is it all sorts of sketches? And Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was kind of like SNL in the sense that it was like, there was this weekend update. It was more digital than anything. It was mm. like, it was anchored by these two weekend update-esque hosts that would do uh, you know, update bits up top of just like mm. topical jokes about like, you know, the past month. Yeah, and then yeah. uh, from there, it would go into a lot of digital sketches. Mm-hmm. Some of it, some of which were like, because everyone there wanted to get into like news broadcasting, they just called like packages. The right. same way that you would put together like a digital news package, like offsite, which basically just meant some were filmed out of studio, some were filmed in this studio with like green screens and whatnot. Right. Um, and people would come in and do like weekend update host bits. So it wasn't like a live show. Mm. So coming here and like having to write for live versus having to write, like starting everything, uh, writing for digital. It's a huge yeah. shift. Okay, um, so you you almost had like TV writing experience before yeah. real sketch writing experience. Yeah, it's yeah the the setup at my school 
especially because I wasn't doing improv or really any other form of comedy mm-hmm. until like two weeks before the pandemic. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I, it, it was like one of those experiences yeah, yeah. where I was like, yeah, like I, I came here and I was like, oh, this was like a good base to just like do comedy. But like mm-hmm. I, yeah, exactly. It was way, it was hyper specific. The way right, I had to right. Write for that. Okay. That's interesting. All right. So you, you do this sketch thing you just yes. weekend update thing for yeah. just a year two years and just through the end of college or um i guess i did it for like a year and a half two years mm-hmm. and then when you graduate were you like i'm gonna move to new york to do comedy or yeah when does that kind of come around I in think your mind what happened is uh i like i i did this for a little bit my first semester on the show like i was just like writing and then one of my friends came back from abroad uh and we wrote like a one sketch together and the first sketch that like i ever really filmed and got put on the air Mm -hmm. broke the viewership record in under 24 hours nice but in a really bad way yeah because we were making fun of greek life Uh um and we filmed in our uh, fraternity house mm. and so all of these people like <laughs> came forward and like like one president like saw it and like of like a fraternity like smashed his laptop and like one person's parents called him and was like if this is what greek life stands for like you have to like resign from your post and like all of this like hate came forward so dramatic yeah and from there was like a different kind of high of like oh i can like make people i don't like mad with this stuff <laughs> too while also like getting the rush of writing a good i haven't joke. tried that yet yeah i should try that i That's don't fun. i don't recommend it. It, it like it's fun to look back but in the moment i was so stressed out yeah um but I, it was around that moment where i was like oh like because there's a difference between you know making a group of people that are all there to like participate on the show like that initial mm-hmm. like bit that i had that i was like whoa um there's a difference between that and like having like you know thousands of people view something and then once that <laughs> happened i was like no, I like this enough to where like I I all I'm thinking about all day is like doing this. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to do it, and so from there I finished out college. I like just went all in my senior year, really dedicated myself um, to like that organization, mm. and then uh, yeah, I was like, I'm ready to move to New York, and then the pandemic happened, and I got <laughs> I got sidelined for a year. So how long were you in New York for before I wasn't? You what? You weren't? Yeah, I went to one mic open mic in dc while i was finishing up because mm. uh, i graduated in 2020 okay um so i went to like one open mic in dc and then the world shut down and then i was like okay i guess i'll put off Ooh. going to new york <laughs> and then i moved up here in the summer of 2021 damn yeah what a bummer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's like when you're still like like one open mic is not enough open mics to be like, I'm going to do Zoom comedy. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh my God. If someone was like, you could try this. Like I hear, I hear people are doing this. I was like, I, I that'll break my spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was like, uh, that's how like Zoom comedy is how I became friends with like Gabby and Aaron of yeah, Anne Hathaway yeah, yeah. Presents. Yes. So I just go to their mic, but even their mic, which was a fantastic welcoming, yeah. great mic for a long time. In Zoom, it was still like depressing. Like we're all friends and we all are suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like none of us want to be here in this context. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when, during the pandemic, are you were you making any content during that time before between your first open mic and whenever you were released yes. from your cage? <laughs> yeah, I was writing like because even then, I was like, I I when when everything went bad, you know, the first thing was like. 
I'm still writing all of this stuff because I'm like, okay, like, you know, the world is just shut down. I'm hoping I can go back to college. So mm -hmm. initially it's like, it's like, I need to be writing all of this stuff because like the second we get back, we're going to, we're going to make a sketch. Like we're going to mm. do another show. So I'm like writing sketches for that. And so then, wait, did you graduate in 2021? In 2020. In 2020. The world shut down my last semester of college. Oh, so but you were, it was that weird thing where everyone is was it only like, two it's weeks? only going to be two weeks. Yeah, and then yeah. after that, like, I think what everyone forgets is that the two weeks pass. And then everyone was like, just give it to April. Like, just get like two <laughs> yeah. more weeks, I promise. And so like this, for the yeah. first month, I'm like, business as usual. Which right. Which was just like being dedicated to this and trying to write stand up uh, on the side. Um, and then... You know, I think everyone at some point got the sense of like, oh, this is going to last like a long time. Um, <laughs> it was insane. Like as yeah, as like an adult, like I was so I, I had to start. I had moved to New York City. I've been here like seven months. My job, I was going in in person all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And my team was allowed to work from home, but I was still new enough where I was just becoming to be allowed to like, oh, you can work from home one day a week. Literally, I. I like call my manager and I'm like, Hey, I got a cough. I think I should stay home. Can I just work from home the next two days or yeah. whatever? And she's like, yeah, okay. And then the two days go up and then she goes, yeah, I don't think we're going to get back to the office for like six months. And I was like, what? Like it yeah. blew my mind. I was like, we're just not coming back in. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I, I feel like everyone was just like setting expectations and those expectations were just shattered. Oh yeah. Like, oh like yeah. <laughs> it was, so. that was honestly like, that was a very, I'm not going to say the word fun, but it was a very interesting, I have, like, none of us have ever experienced anything like that, you know? I think a lot of people went through a lot of hard times, but I, I do think that people were able to find moments of relief along the way. Like, I think yeah. it's okay to say, like, people had a little bit of fun. Like, it was the only time ever where, like, the world just stopped and everyone was, like, able to be like, I guess I can just do whatever yeah kind of yeah I, I felt like every single day me and my roommates at the time would just get in the living room and be like they have to give us health care now right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> they gotta do something yeah <laughs> so world shuts down you are you're thinking you're gonna get back to your sketch team so you're writing sketches when it becomes evident you're not going yes. back to college and i'm very sorry that you had to graduate yes. 2020 um Rest in peace to you walking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you, uh, so once, once it became clear you're not going back to school, are you, what are you doing? Are you prepping? Are you like going on unemployment? Are you prep? Are you trying to get a job? Are you working on comedy stuff? Are you trying to get to New York? What's kind of going through your mind at that point? I had paid my rent uh, for my senior year apartment through July. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, uh, I didn't go on unemployment. Um, I had an internship. So I like, I like, I had, living situation secured enough money to like get by my friends were making thousands of dollars on unemployment <laughs> because we all yeah. worked at the segway tour company what uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i was a segway tour guide in dc for you no for way like a year or two all right i'll let you finish the story that i'm gonna ask about that <laughs> yes and then and then uh we <laughs> so uh, that was a crazy situation because like if you before tips and you could make you could walk away from a weekend with like $500 in tips. Right, right. Um, if you worked, if you did three tours a day, five days a week, your salary at this Segway tour guide company would be like $56,000 a year. Nice. So we're just college kids with an insane amount of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so when unemployment came, like 
all of they, you know, they upped the benefits so much that all of my friends were like, my friend had two apartments. My friend like overlapped <laughs> rent at one point because he just could like it was crazy how wild how much benefits they were getting. They're like, this is what it's like to be taken care of. So that happens. <laughs> I'm like secured. And then I was like, okay. At first I was like in this delusional mindset of I'll move to New York. Yeah. yeah. My writing partner at the time, uh, and friend, he is in St. Louis during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we're apart. I'm writing stand-up. I, I think I had like a little bit of foresight to be like, this is temporary. Right, How, right. Whatever, however long, temporary can be long, but mm -hmm. it is temporary. This right. is going to pass. Mm -hmm. At some point, you're going to get what you want to do. Like I, I knew that I needed to be keeping up with stuff. So like I joined mm -hmm. like a writer's group. Um, I... Uh, I, we wrote a bunch of sketches. We filmed me and, uh, my writing partner, when things got a little bit better, would like come back to DC for like a weekend here. And then like, whenever we had downtime, we would just like film something. Mm. Um, and, uh, just making horrible, horrible content, but yeah. just like, it's just like trying to like keep your muscles yeah. from atrophying like that, like comedy muscle. Um, do you have any, uh, do you have any horrible content that you like from that era something anything that still stands up or stands out to yeah you? i wrote a sketch um i saw uh <laughs> it i wrote this one of the stupidest sketches in the world it's um there's a an optometrist like office mm. it's like a chain it's called my eye doctor okay um and i really like jackson brown and he has a song called doctor my eyes mm -hmm. um so I wrote uh, a fake commercial for Doctor My Eyes, um, the only optometrist office uh, that features uh, music from hit singer-songwriter Jackson Brown. Mm. And uh, the premise was every single patient um, had to sing the song Doctor My Eyes in order to be evaluated. And mm -hmm. it, was, it became quickly apparent that these doctors cared way more about uh, you hitting the notes in that song than, yeah. than fixing any ailments. Um, and it was not great, but it's stupid and it makes me laugh thinking about it. It's a funny concept for a musical artist that is so hyper-specific. Oh, it's so niche. <laughs> it's so niche. That's really. the best, though. Yeah. That's sick. So you're like, you're just, okay, also writing partner. I've never, yeah. I've never done this writing partner yeah. thing. So are you guys both in this like newsroom weekend update type deal and you're like, yeah, let's we just were, write together? Yeah, he was uh, my, one of my, like, I mean, I, I'd say he was, he is one of my best friends, my current roommate still. Um, <laughs> he, he is, uh, yeah. he's one of my best friends. Uh, we met like freshman year mm. uh, through like, a, like, you know, this weird Facebook group that they put a bunch of freshmen in like, meet people that you think oh, are yeah. cool and try to live with them. I remember those. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I sent him one message. Mm -hmm. He agreed to room with me without me even really offering to room with him. And then <laughs> we just became close. And then when he came back from abroad, he's like, what's up? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing this. And he and then he just kind of came on and we just started writing together because I like, you know, I like writing stand up because I like writing for myself. But I like and I am a control freak. Mm hmm. But there is something about like <laughs> writing with someone that I like when you find the right person to right, write with. Right, right. Oh my, it, everything just becomes so much easier. So when you guys are writing together, what are, what are those? What does that look like to you? Like, because every time I've written with other yeah. comedians, it's like, here's all my bullet points. Can you guys help me? <laughs> yeah. So him and I, we don't write together as much anymore, just because he's more focused on acting, and I think right, like right. isn't as much. Like he's like 
in the comedy the scene here a little bit, but not like I would say like devout. Mm-hmm. Um, he just you know it's a nice way to like meet people for him. Right, right. Whereas, like now I have like this new uh, writing partner um, that I met the second I moved up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Ferraro. Okay. You know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The way that works, we've been like refining our process. Mm-hmm. It always works better when you're in the room with someone, I think. Right, right. And just yep. you can like bounce ideas off of each other and riff in the moment because there's just like something that happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times like what we'll do is it'll be just that. We'll write out like bullet points for like, you know, game moves and sketches and how to like elevate and whatnot and all the technical stuff. And- okay. So <laughs> like ground ground level. Yes. Okay. So we you come to the you come do you do you guys like schedule weekly? Do you have like times you meet or are you just kinda like whenever? We try or- to meet on the weekends because mm-hmm. we both have fairly demanding day jobs. Uh or like he, I mean he de- his is definitely more demanding than mine. Um but we so we try to find some time in the week. Um and then just the nature of like how this sketch group has to operate that mm-hmm. we're both in, that we're both head writers of, um, we just like end up meeting a bunch because we'll just right. end up texting each other like, hey, we got to get this work done. Okay, mm. I'll come over. Okay. Like gotcha. Yeah. But you, you guys have like stuff set in stone like, okay, we have this specifically to work on. Yes. Stuff. We okay. have like a, there's like a shared uh, iNote okay. in my phone, like notes app thing that we have where mm-hmm. we just bullet out everything that we want to achieve and like, you know, we have like... The, this sketch going on we're like writing a pilot like mm. it's just like all of this stuff of like okay we need to do this and then if it looks like we have a lot to do we'll meet up okay i like that idea yeah. i've never i've never done the writing partner thing but I, like i haven't done sketches to stand up mostly yeah. so <laughs> it's hard i like it's like working with anyone like just like you have to be able to coordinate and get on the same page and i think it's right. like one of those things where it, it works or it doesn't. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Something that the listeners might actually know is this show is 100% scripted. I actually yes. write all of it right before. And, yeah. uh, it sounds like it's riffed. It's not, okay? No. I'm just a really good writer. <laughs> you are an am- incredible writer. Incredible writer. And it's weird that you're writing, you wrote that line, and it's weird that you're writing this line for me to say yeah. now. It's honestly, the thing is, I try to, when I write these scripts, I try to make it so the actors can really just feel it and intuitively connect with the script. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a 90-minute show, but you know what happens in minute 83 already but yeah i mean it definitely puts me at ease going yeah. in here knowing exactly <laughs> knowing you don't have to express yourself you just have to no, follow the script yeah honest expressions <laughs> for the birds baby i'm not honest for a second i'm finding i'm too earnest actually <laughs> yeah. uh i'm finding that in my comedy i'm like yo i'm not silly at all i'm exploring oh this concept of earnesty so nothing sucks more than just being like i have this stand-up bit it's so honest it like is so a part of me and i it's so funny and you just get up there, and it's like it just silence. I'm like, okay, cool. cool yeah, cool. yep. Yeah. <laughs> I had when I had a Daniel Pear fan on. We were talking about that. Like, I love when someone tries a new bit where the punchline is them yelling, and then no one laughs because yeah. it's like so. Like, give 150 <laughs> yeah. percent to silence. It's like, oh, that's how I feel about act out bits in whatever form oh yeah I, I try i remember like a year ago i was like i'm gonna try an act out bit bombed and i was like this is this is the worst feeling there's nothing like oh my god yeah i used to i used to have this joke that i this is like my first year of stand-up i came up with this joke it's i called it the penis joke okay the whole joke is like, clap if you have a penis okay everyone claps and then i go clap if your penis looks like this okay clap if your penis looks like this and i basically am standing and i put my body in a bunch of different shapes and then eventually go like oh clap if your penis looks like this 
all this stuff. It's super dumb. And I would, at the end, I would go, my penis looks like this. And I would do the T-pose and just stand, stare off into the distance. <laughs> it would work before I moved to New York City. And then I did it a couple of times in New York City to silence. And I was like, all right, never doing that yeah. again. I cannot yeah, yeah. be known as this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. So anyway, writing partners. So yes. you, what, um, how is the process different between your college writing partner and Tony now? Did you um, did you adopt any strategies where you're like, oh, this didn't work before, let's do this, or you just kind of figure it out in a whole new way? I think it's like, I like the thing that like Tony brings to the table mm -hmm. is that he is the structure guy. Like oh, I will okay. come in, like he continuously has to like come in and be like, we can't do like we can do whatever you want, but like there's like a basic formula on how things have to operate, or mm -hmm. no one can understand anything, mm -hmm. and it. As a result of that, that's what kind of came in into our like our just like creative partnership. I think is just like, you, like I just needed like to like structure out because mm. me and and Jeremy, what we would do is we would just sit and we would bounce ideas off of each other, and we could write something that was either really really good, mm -hmm. uh, or we could write something completely incoherent, right? Um, or we could just end up like talking for like you know three hours and not doing anything. Where Tony, it's like it, like it is fun, like we have fun, but it's also like there's underlying thing of like, okay, we, you know, we've been working on this for an hour. Let's try to move on. Like, it's just m way more deliberate. And I would say like focused. Nice. We're That's good. Approaching it with way more intention. I think. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you got a real peanut butter and jelly yes. thing going on. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And also you have mentioned, uh, now and also in the past that you're a control freak yeah. so when you're writing stuff how like as a self-identified control freak yeah. how do you deal with the give and take of ideas uh we have kind of a i that's a great question you're like i don't uh, i don't <laughs> get final I, say <laughs> i really don't i mean more than anything it's like the performance aspect of like sketch that i had like uh like writing lines mm -hmm. i i'm like i've always had a little more give and take but like there's just stuff like I just when I write a line, I'm not like writing it because I think that the line itself is funny. I'm writing it because I'm like, I know exactly in my head how this has to be said and acted mm. out. And, and like it's Whoa. very it's like very much connected to like how I'm like seeing this perform. So like I'll write stuff sometimes and Tony will be like, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And then I will say the line out loud. And he was like oh okay. yeah it only works if you do it exactly that way interesting and okay so, that's a very unique skill that's cool yeah it, it, but it's like kind of a prison yeah you'll never be able to submit a writer's packet anywhere because you'll have to hand deliver it yes. like no it's like this yes. <laughs> uh, like i here's the packet and here's also the video of me acting out the packet um so like tony though I, it's I'm able to kind of relinquish that one because I just like I I just tr I trust him so much I mm -hmm. like Tony's like one of the first people that I like am able to like distance myself and like actually like like be like no this is like someone that knows a lot more than me I completely trust like their instincts mm -hmm. and, like, where he's going and so I think that honestly like I've just like you know, writing with Jeremy, I, I trusted him, but there's just like this level of with like Tony where I'm just like, I I know he sees things like in a way that I, I don't know. I just can't describe it. That's really cool. Yeah. Honestly, I think like recognizing the, the differences in what you bring to the table. Yeah. And also, if you're going to be a control freak, 
you can pick one thing. Yes. <laughs> so that, that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, what, like how that ends up operating, I think, is like uh, we have this rule where like, you know, if we if we write a sketch and we're not in the same room together, like I will like take the first draft at it. Mm -hmm. like, Tony will take the first draft. We'll hand it to the other person. The other person will make edits and be like, you shouldn't say this. You should do this. Here's a joke pitch. And then if when that draft is handed back to you, the first person feels strongly enough to reject an edit, mm. then you know that it's then you trust that person. You're like, we really should do this. And and if you and then if the other person is like, I feel this one in my bones, you have a conversation about it. But like 95% of the time we trust each other enough to be like, okay, they don't want that edit, and it's because they see this differently. And I right. trust that. Right. Okay. And then when you get together in person and you work through it, you're like, yes. okay, yeah, it works. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So Okay, we'll get back to the timeline here. So you, yeah. when do you move to New York City and why? June of 2021, uh, just to do this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was the plan in 2020. And so it was just like, okay, my lease is up. The world is is opening back up. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll move up here um, and I'll I'll try to, to do this. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So and you up to this point, you've done two open mics, you said, in D.C.? Yeah. Okay. So you move here. You get settled in. What's your first open mic? First open mic, um, I go to two open mics in one day. First open mic I ever go to, I prep my jokes for four hours to mm -hmm. three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I have <laughs> all of like my best material I've written over the past year. I get up on that mic, I throw it all away. I'm like, nope, not funny, not going to do it. I talk about teeth for four minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, everyone in the audience reacts the way someone who's only ever done two open mics uh, and is talking about teeth, you know, yeah, react yeah. the way they should. Um, Which mic was it? It was eye candy, Pete's candy. Store. Okay, and it was like a lot of people that I really respected as comics. Like yeah. were, it was a it was a good mic that yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like it was people that like I recognized from like social media before I moved here. And I was like, ah, whoa, okay. stalking the scene before you move. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then I went to Tiny Covered. I did the. I did the most of the open mics I would go to were tiny covered 10 p.m.s for like this first six weeks. Horrible, Brutal. horrible decision. Do not <laughs> if, if you're considering moving to New York or if you're in New York and you're doing 10 p.m. tiny covered mics, get the fuck out of there. I, I like yeah. the, I and I I am someone who stands the tiny covered. Okay, yeah. I will die for them. The 10 p.m. though. Evaluate what you're doing with your time. Just yeah, yeah. Go it's, to the five thirty, the seven, and the eight thirty back to back to back. Once it hits the ten p.m., you can dip. Go get some food or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, do, and then I, I, I would go and I would do, like I would do like bits that like I would still do today. Like I yeah. like uh, stuff that I, I stand by and I, I think are like really solid bits and was the foundation of me like progressing into like wherever I'm at mm -hmm. skill wise now. Um, and so I went up and I, I that mic. I did it for like three people. Mm -hmm. But the way the 10 p.m.s work is that some people would stay for whatever show was before. So those three people that I did it for that were like, and then like five comics. Oh, this is a downstairs one? It was up. It was Upstairs. when they were oh. still doing the roof. Oh, that well, scary, right, right, right. scary right. roof. The best. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it for these three yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that went well. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Nice. Yeah. You get a little bit of relief, especially in the first day if you get like a little bit of a laugh. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. That's awesome. So then you get on the open mic grind, 
doing yeah. the comedy thing. When do you? So the the big element of all this is uh, you start Twenty Four Hour Kiss Club, which yeah. is your main project. If I'm yeah not mistaken, yes. yeah. If you had another main project that was bigger than that, I'd be like, with this man, <laughs> <laughs> he has two weeks of time for every one week. Yeah. Uh, so t- when do you start Twenty Four Hour Kiss Club? Because um, you you you're the founder, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm yes. not okay. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it, me and and my old writing partner Jeremy like had an idea, but I I would say I was the driving force because Jeremy was like, maybe I, I I would do this, but I don't really want to do comedy. I was like, that's fine, um, mm-hmm. just be in this, please. And um, <laughs> I I had taken an improv class the second I moved. Oh really? Okay. Because I I am one of those people that I I know stand ups love to shit on improv. I I in my heart of hearts think. You want to get good at at finding your voice in writing, take an improv class. It sucks for a lot of people, and I get that, but I do think that improv grows your skill set more than people care to admit. I I took UCB 101 when I first got here, and it was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, But also, when you said that you had only done two open mics before you moved to New York City, I was like, man, I could have sworn this kid would be on an improv team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So So that makes sense. Where'd you go for your improv class? uh, BCC. BCC, okay. I ended up meeting... I just had like a stacked class. I mean, mm. like Tony was in it, like Meredith Dietz was in mm. it, um, Julia Zan, like just like dude, yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and I think pretty much everyone except Lucas Arnold uh, was in that class. Wow. Um, and so, and it that's was, wild, dude. No, it's crazy. <laughs> and, so, and it wasn't even like one of those things where I'm just like, I'm gonna ask everyone in my improv class to like start sketch, but like, it was just like so many people that ended up and still are like so prominent in the scene and right. I'm super close with. And so as time went on, I was like, oh, these are like people that like, you know, we had our class, we went our separate ways, kind of merged back mm-hmm. to each other to where I was like, okay, like, you know, these are all strong performers. I've seen them mm-hmm. like, like, you know, I, I, I trust their writing. Um, and you and a once again completely stacked class yes. i mean and like being new to the city what a great way to get to know oh, some like really good comics. So, lucky. so oh my god i was in the i was i remember my second class meredith deeds was like yeah i uh i think i'm starting an open mic and now of course it's like one of the best open mics i've ever mm-hmm. been to and like yeah so it's just like i remember just like meeting all of these people and they're like i think i'm gonna do this and it's like everything that they're known for now yeah, yeah. um in the scene and so it was really cool so we took that improv class in like July or mm-hmm. August. Um, and then I reached out to Tony in October. I was like, you want to like film a stupid sketch? And mm-hmm. that's kind of like how our relationship slowly started. Um, and then everyone else I reached out to in November. And everyone was like, we're busy. Let's let, but let's plan this out. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so we just started like talking and we stayed in touch. And then by like, uh, you know, the Omicron spike happened. Mm-hmm. And, and then by the time that went down, we were like, okay, let's get a venue. Let's start doing something. So probably like February. Yeah, February was our first show. 2022? Yeah. 2022. Yeah, this yeah. year. We haven't even been a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, we just we started doing shows at Asylum. And, nice. And things have been going well. So let me ask you this. Where does the name come from? I pitched, I mean, it's like, how do you name anything? I pitched mm-hmm. Post Electric Kiss Club because I love the phrase Post Electric and Kiss Club is post electric that's a cool little pairing of words there yeah, i like that yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like uh i liked that and then kiss club has the hard k's and and it's a funny concept i mm. think the word kissing is very funny mm. um and so i was like post electric kiss club and everyone was like no and then i think 
my roommate Jeremy was like, what about a 24 hour kiss club? Or like someone was like, what about 24 hour kiss club? And then everyone was like, yeah, that's good. Nice. And, you know, it's kind of easy. Stick it right there. Yeah. yeah. We got that logo <laughs> mock up and we were like, oh yeah, this works. This is actually a, a good little brand. Mm -hmm. So I, I was actually going to ask how you chose the people to be in it, yeah. but it was like literally just everyone in improv, improv class. Yeah. And I was like thinking like, who would I want to start a sketch group yeah. with? And, and I was like, well, I like, I know a bunch of people that did very well like mm -hmm. you they were pretty strong improvisers and and yeah and i just reached back out to a lot of them and some of them i've just seen and you know lucas wasn't in my class but like mm -hmm. you know on tiktok i'm like okay you're a performer like you can do this yeah yeah, yeah. dope yeah. that's sick i uh the only people the people from my improv class are uh jack of matt and jack if you know them yeah and alex richards the oh, australian cool. those were my two and we are we're always doing stuff but there yeah. was no like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's sick, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so twenty-four hour kids club. So you start. When do you start writing sketches as a group? Like you said, you were looking for a venue in February. So yeah. So did we, you get together and practice and have some material ready, or the way that we operate is uh, people will kind of write sketches on their own. Like mm -hmm. you can pair up and whatnot. So like Tony and I paired up and we wrote this one sketch, and then after this one sketch that did very well. We were like, oh, okay, we should just write together all the time mm -hmm. and and keep doing stuff. Um, and so people will like write separately. And uh, at the start, it was it was pretty separated. But I think like you know, we would like lean on each other a little bit. And then we come together. We read like you know, there's like eight. It's a huge sketch group. It's mm -hmm. arguably too large. Like <laughs> like it's hard. Yeah, like to, eight or ten people or something. Yeah, right? it's, it's yeah. eight people. Uh, John, I think, you know, weaves in and out of like acting. Mm -hmm. So it's like seven consistently. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's so large. And so we would come together. We had like, you know, we had our, our read through for our January show on Wednesday. And that was, you know, 14 sketches. It took two hours to read through everything. And then it's like SNL, like, mm -hmm. you have like this table read. And then we do, uh, we all vote and rank them and mm -hmm. based on like a rank choice voting system that's how our shows decided mm. um so we were like writing in january we had a bunch of sketches we come together like we hadn't had like a formal table read but we had read some sketches just to be like because it was weird because before we even had a monthly we, we got booked on a couple shows mm -hmm. so it was like this weird thing of like we have no idea if these work mm -hmm. we have to go do them somewhere um and they you know kind of worked like yeah, yeah. we did it at, at friend island which is tony's show so right. it was like kind of a home crowd mm -hmm. but it was like this weird process to start that has been really really streamlined now but at the start it was like okay we'll just kind of like try to write some stuff right so at that time were you doing like bring the sketches to the group vote and then rewrite or were you doing any rewriting after you had voted on them or? yeah so we would do group punch-ups to start mm -hmm. um, so like you know like stuff would get selected for the show and then as we put them on their feet we would do uh punch-ups just like saying mm -hmm. we should tweak this i think this needs to get edited and then people would edit them in the next like week or rehearsal like we would come back and those would be fixed the way it works now like actually the what I'm doing directly after this is our new writing process, which mm -hmm. Tony and I have like taken on this role as like kind of like head writers just overseeing the writing process a little right, bit more right. just so that there's kind of like like a, a hierarchy is not necessary, but it like I think it just helps people like understand like like it just 
we we needed to be more organized, basically. And so control freak. Yes, yeah, control, <laughs> control freak. No, it makes sense. No, control freak. <laughs> um, and so what'll happen now is like we have our table read. Mm. We pick eight sketches. We're gonna do you know six or seven total, and only like five of those sketches are probably gonna be used. Like we'll probably bring one sketch back mm. from the previous show every single time to try to make that sketch a little bit better. Mm. Um, and so that table read happened. We have our eight. Um, people schedule half hour increments with Tony and myself all this weekend. Mm. We're like, you're just going to come to my apartment. You're going to sit down and for, you know, half an hour at a time, Tony and I are going to go through. We're going to, you know, all of, we're going to work together. We're going to uh, take some of the notes um, that were provided at read through because after every sketch is done, we mm. have like a feedback period. Okay. People just share their thoughts on the sketch. Yeah, yeah. We incorporate those. We do line punch ups. Um, after that's over, we're like, okay, this is what you have to edit in the next week. Mm -hmm. Then next weekend, we'll have another 30 minute session with the writer of each, each sketch. Um, and from there we won't do suggested edits anymore. We'll just live punch it up. Like any final tweaks mm -hmm. and then it gets put on its feet, um, before we bring in like a director or anything just to like, see like, okay, this is written. We've punched it up. Now let's act it out, do, and do any final minor, minor tweaks that we need to mm. the script so you're the writing process before you are like done with the scripts before yeah. you get to director mm -hmm. we'll talk about that in a sec yeah is what three weeks yeah it's gonna be three weeks so now. like you have the pitching voting just like table read everything yes. then you have a week where you meet with everyone individually yeah and then you have a week where they come back with their completed homework yes pretty okay. much and then from there everyone sees like the new sketches uh and we put them up and that that rehearsal is going to be the really, really collaborative one where mm -hmm. everyone can be like, I don't like this punch up or I like this punch up, but I think we should, you know, uh, here's a, uh, all, uh, line pitch for you to yeah. like use like mm -hmm. something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, I do appreciate the organization. That's very, that's very nice. We strategic. I, I'm not an organized person. Okay. I, if you truly, if you went into my bedroom right now, like it's like, it is, it's, bad like it's, <laughs> it's like you can't walk anywhere I, right i've never wow. been an organized person i have super bad adhd mm -hmm. um but this was just like one of those things where out of necessity we were like oh if we want to keep progressing as a group like we have to yeah to streamline cool so like you how many shows did you do before this format um it's always changing so like this idea of schedules mm -hmm. uh scheduled time um with just me and tony is new uh the show before that it was uh like let's all just try to meet up together and like mm. whoever can or wants to help out can and tony and i will oversee it before that it was it was uh you know just kind of do it on your own like we tried mm. a, a bunch of different iterations to get to here right right this one just feels like we have a, a post-show debrief after every single monthly, and this is like the one where we were finally like, okay, I think this is what's going to Nice. Gonna wow, that's really cool. Congratulations yeah. on yeah. figuring but, it out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It only took a year. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that, though. Yeah. I, I feel like working, working in groups, especially in comedy, is probably the most challenging thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, even just, pretty, like, I'm a podcaster, like, having a podcast idea where you have three people who are on the show every week. Yeah. Big challenge, huge challenge. Yeah. You know, you have three people producing a comedy show, super challenging, you know? So like finding a system where you can wrangle eight people yes. and get them to work together. That's like pretty impressive. 
Yeah, thank you. It's it, yeah, it's definitely it's not an easy thing, but it's like everyone is dedicated enough to where like mm-hmm. it's not like pulling teeth. Yeah, well, that's great too. Yeah. Is that you got people who want to be in it and are excited yeah. about it. Well, and that's yeah, and that's the thing that we've always stressed is like you know like everyone's here because they want to be. If you, mm-hmm. if you didn't want to be here, no one would be here. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Everyone in this group is so busy outside of the sketch group mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah. <laughs> and you, you open every table read session with that. If you don't want to be here, leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's get to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All no. about creating a good vibe. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, f- I feel that. I, th- I think in comedy, when, when you start comedy and you're kind of floating and like doing open mics and stuff, no one is really busy. You're like, I just do a bunch of open mics that I want to. But then you start yeah. adding projects, and then you're like, yeah. oh, I can't breathe this week. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sick. So, okay. So, director. So, yes. you have a, you have like a group rehearsal where you just go through the scripts that you've punched up twice now. Yes. And it, you, voted, you voted on them. You punched them up. You have a group rehearsal. Yeah. Is that just kind of like you all meet? What kind of, where, where do you meet for that? Um, my apartment. Your apartment, so you do it in yeah. your apartment, yeah. And then that's just kind of like a loose, like run through everything, see what works, yeah. what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Where does this director come in? So we uh, we had a producer come in for August after our we did basically like a three month residency at at Asylum, okay. And then uh, we had a new producer come in. We we took uh, this two summer months off because everyone was. Just like crazy like lucas was going to edinburgh and mm-hmm. sarah bergmark had like i think sarah bergmark went to and i'm not joking seven weddings this summer um <laughs> and so it was like it was like yeah like your life is busy like and so we took some months off someone that a producer that just happened to be at our first show was like hey i want to like come in i want to like i i I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Let me help you and we're like okay um and he was like i think you need a director so when we Ended our break and we we started this uh, this stay at Caveat in August. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I think the thing with the group is our writing. We've always stressed the writing, and now it's time to stress the performing. Right, right. Um, and so the director just kind of comes in, and you know he has like a theater background, um, and it's not super into comedy, mm-hmm. but immediately like our producer was like, if this doesn't work. Let me know. And then he was giving edits that I was about to give people mm-hmm. um, that I hadn't even told him yet. And I was like, oh, and it, that happened enough times where I was like, okay, you're thinking like me, like this is working. Because so you're just, you're giving direction at that point just as an individual of the group, kind of telling people what to do because that's where yeah. you kind of shine. But yes. I'm guessing having a third party be able to do that same thing yeah. eases up a lot of the potential tension of the situation. Yes, 100% because then it's not just like me assuming a role. Right, right. Group. And then at the same time, he knows enough and he also wants my opinion mm-hmm. and other people's opinion to where like, it he's just like a good moderator almost. yeah yeah um but it, uh, he's a good moderator but at the same time he's, he's a very good director and just like is able to bring in a an outside perspective mm-hmm. um, wow. into how things need to be blocked and, and performed so before a show are you meeting with him once or twice or he's coming into uh like now it's gonna be the month up to the show he'll be at every rehearsal okay um, gotcha most of them mm. so cool yeah as a theater person not a comedy person yeah but he has like it's like comedic theater background too. okay so it's like it's you know he's not like a sketch guy like, yeah we didn't get some ucb guy mm-hmm. um but 
we he he knows enough to where i feel comfortable so it's you know that's dope yeah honestly like i love i love when non-comedy people get involved in comedy projects because they have no skin in the game you know they could just show up and do it our producer is a theater person too Mm -hmm. and like did a has done a couple stuff on broadway and was just like this is like i just want this to, i guess we're his like passion project yeah um like he's just like yeah i just really like this and i just want to do this very cool um, so it's it's been really funny having to explain to two non-comedy people coming into this process <laughs> like like <laughs> so many times they're like why does why is this the way that it is and we're just like Cause that's just that's just the scene man like this is just how <laughs> things are like <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm indoctrinating someone into a cult. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, dude, every time I'm with comics and someone brings a non-comic friend or partner or whatever to like yeah. whatever party or hang we have, I'm like, we are speaking gibberish. This person yeah. is here just like, oh, my God. I my, <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. I like my ability to like have a conversation with like non-comedy people now. I, I'm like, oh, I got to be an insane person because like yeah. even now when I'm like just talking to someone that isn't in comedy. I'm like, God, I guess this is what a normal conversation is when I'm talking about work all of the time. It feels like it's so weird because I'll meet people who, when they want to get to know me, they ask about like work, like my job. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do this, whatever. And they're like, but like, what what, what about? I'm like, dude, I do the other cool thing. Like, (laughs) ask about the thing I like, dude. Like, and (laughs) you want to talk about PR? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like, uh, at a certain point, I realized, like, oh, I get along, like, the non-comics I get along best with are people who are, like, psycho about something. Yes. Like, if you're an artist, you're a photographer, like, you're into fashion, whatever the fuck it is. If you got something that after work, you're like, I'm doing this creative thing or this adventurous thing or this community thing, that's dope. Yeah. But if you're just, go, like, getting off work, watching Netflix and, like, chilling, like, I'm... It's it's hard. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> you you got to be a freak to be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. Freaks only. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the name of my uh, my sketch group. That's going to counter Freaks your only? sketch group. Yeah. Okay. We're only going to perform in the alleyway outside the tiny cupboard. <laughs> okay, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. At 10 p.m. Yeah. At 10 yeah. p.m. Yep. We're going to catch people as they're coming down the stairs. Like, hey, buddy, you want to yeah. laugh? <laughs> and from my experience, being booked on a lot of uh, a lot of stand-up shows that i've had to do sketch on audiences love and i mean love uh when you're doing unexpected sketch comedy when they've signed up for a different experience and you hit them with sketch who do they react well i think i think the variety show is the goat show format yeah i was on one one last night Mm -hmm. and it was it was i was like oh my god this is so much better than having to like (laughs) weave my way into just being surrounded by stand-ups i'm very appreciative of everyone that like likes the group and book us and please book me and us i like but like yeah it, it is like it's hard to to do sketch yeah um in the middle of a bunch of stand-ups it i think it's it's as like someone who doesn't do like just when i'm on a comedy show it's just comedy right yeah I have always found that it's like the first person to bring out a guitar the first person to do a character instead of stand-up like there, there's like always a little bit of tension, but sometimes it's a relief. Sometimes yeah. you can tell the audience gets like burned out yes. on the comics where it's like, all right, we've watched like five people in a row tell me dating is hard. Oh, yeah. there's something different. Oh my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That definitely exists too, for sure. I once told uh, Matt and Jack probably beginning of 2021, they like 
I was like, you guys should just like do your stuff at open mics because they would come to our mic in our backyard to like practice. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you guys should just go to other mics. And like, do you think people will like be okay with that? I was like, dude, anything that's a break from stand yeah, up, like they'll, <laughs> they'll be go they'll go nuts for it. So yeah, that's cool though. I have you. So when you, I'm guessing when you do a variety show slot, you're doing a much narrower amount of time, much shorter amount of time than yeah. your 24 hour Kiss Club show. Well, yeah, because we're doing yeah. we're doing a half hour of new sketch every single time mm-hmm. in the show, um, and then you know a guest spot's like 10 minutes. Some, right. Sometimes people will be like, you can do 15 or 20, but like I, basically what it is is like if I hear 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, we're gonna do two sketches. If I hear mm-hmm. 15. We'll do three, and if I hear twenty, we'll do four. Okay, so five minute per sketch. Yeah, and uh, some sketches are not that long, and so yeah. like you know the variety show we did yesterday, our set was probably like eight minutes, but it's weird because like people will be like, "When do you want us to light you?" I was like, "There's no lighting a sketch. Like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're finishing whatever we have to do." Like, yeah, you know, there's something of a relief that comes with that too. Like also yeah. like with standups, you gotta like watch the clock and be like, "Okay, yeah, okay, all right, get off," and like you gotta stress. But when it's not standups. They just finish whenever they finish. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, but when it goes bad, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> like I, we did a, a show at Stand Up New York. Mm-hmm. We did a sketch show at Stand Up New York. Right. Um, like we asked to do a, we were asked to do a guest spot. We were so excited. We were like, it's perfect. And that was a show where I was like, okay, we should try to find variety shows. Because mm-hmm. I remember there was a sketch where I pull out a prop gun. <laughs> I give everyone so much warning i'm like yeah, yeah. hey guys we're gonna use a prop gun right but like you're <laughs> yeah. it's not like you're like you're fine um and i pulled it out and i was like this sad guy and i just was like uh, i a guy that the comic before this guy was so drunk and in such a good mood he handed my friend that performed a hundred dollar bill he handed him a hundred dollars this guy was so happy in that moment seeing someone perform that he gave them that much cash. Yeah. And then hated that sketch so much <laughs> that he got up and left. Whoa. I walked I walked a guy with a gun a minute into a three a three or four minute sketch. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, like time to double down and just like oh my go God. for broke. Was, was it just like pulling out the prop gun or was the writing like was it just the bit was not I landing? I was a depressed man. It was an upset. Yeah. Like I could see how like some people are like I don't want that dark humor but also at the same time it's like this was the kind of guy that gave me the vibes of like you can't say anything yeah, anymore. Yeah. So I'm like you shouldn't be upset at this. But I mean look I mean guns and stuff like that is it, it's always risky. So It'd it's be fine. fun to wear a t-shirt that says the gun is a prop yeah, like I, oh, big I, honestly, I need to, I'm like <laughs> figuring out how to do like the gun speech and how to work because I I love writing sketches with guns in it. <laughs> Very south of oh, you, I, and I've turned into the I've turned into the Brooklyn sketch arms dealer. Anytime anyone needs a prop gun, I'm meeting so many people. No way. Yes, you. I, I've lent out I've lent out a prop gun seven times in the past three months. Whoa. Okay. So yeah. what's your prop gun armory like? What do you uh, got? I have a a rubber like Glock looking thing mm-hmm. um, that was lost, just mm-hmm. vanished um, from that. I, I, I lent to this uh, sketch group and it was, cr- I walked into the venue. I gave them the gun. I watched them do the sketch. I went backstage. Mm-hmm. No one could find it. Well, like it was, mm-hmm. and we were just like, okay, so that one's gone. I have to reorder that. But like, yeah, I just have like been going around just like I got that. I have like, you know, some revolvers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Any larger weapons? No, no. no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> but it was. Oh my god, my friend. After our very first show, we had this prop gun, and my Jeremy, um, he w- wanted. I had to go somewhere, and so he was like, "I'll take all of the props from the show mm. home," but he decided to go out clubbing, and he decided to bring his this bag of props to the club and check it. <laughs> no. The bag, the bag busts open, <laughs> and the only thing that falls out and rolls directly at the bouncer's feet is the prop gun. And he's like, "What's <laughs> happening?" <laughs> and uh, whoa, it's I, it, everything ended up being fine. But he was like, "I don't think I've ever been more scared." Like, that's that's the issue is that when you get a good prop gun, yeah, no one thinks it's a prop. Right, because that was my next question. I was going to ask: Are you do are you walking around with orange tips on these things or yes. something? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. orange tips, and then we'll remove them from the show. Mm. Um, but we'll like give a warning, and we're like figuring out a way to like make it really funny. Like uh, on our last show, uh, we had someone get on the God mic to like announce everything, and they're like, "Welcome to like you know caveat." They gave like the whole spiel, and then they were like, uh, "As a warning, there are two simulated gunshots." Please welcome to the stage your host for the evening, and then everyone just died laughing. That's and I was great. like, okay, you got it. You have to immediately kind of like undercut the tension. Yeah, and people are more receptive to it, mm-hmm. and then it, it goes fine. That's a good move. Yeah, that's very smart. Yeah, what is it about writing sketches with guns for you? What's the? I mean, it's like, how do you give anything stakes? How do you give anything tension? My favorite thing to do in, <laughs> I, 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 in my <laughs> guns. This, this is a guy that you don't want to be in a heated argument with in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's gonna propose to you with a ring in one hand and a gun in the other. <laughs> I'm not gonna use for it, the but drama. It'll be memorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you give anything tension? Uh, <laughs> add a gun. And so that, like, that's my my favorite thing to do in comedy is like create an insanely tense, like mm-hmm. crazy situation, and then just undercut it and make it ridiculous. Mm. And that's the way that my favorite stand up bits are like kind of like bait and switch structures mm-hmm. where you know i'm coming in and i'm i'm setting you up for one thing and then i i either hit you with something really devastating mm-hmm. and, and so it's like yeah like that that's just like my my favorite that's how i, I think about comedy i think yeah. it's just like to me it's just like it's two things it's it's finding a little freak to do crazy things mm-hmm. and then it's building an insane amount of tension mm-hmm. and then just like undercutting it as much as you can mm. and as quickly as you can okay i like that yeah i'm bad at tension really yeah i'm trying to work on it i'm trying to get i'm trying to my thing i'm learning ever since i had tina on this show mm-hmm. is i'm trying to learn when to shut the fuck up on stage <laughs> Because I just I step on laughs too often, so I'm trying to add yeah. silence in, in my bits, you know, to let people ponder. Because then, you know, it, it kind of works for that. Yeah, but, and it's it's a grueling trial and error process to like yeah. get good at that because you 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 have to fail so hard. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. The, yeah. I wrote a joke. Uh, it's really short. One, it's dumb, but I. I I, this is my like this is my like pilot joke for like using silence yeah. is like I go um so there's like a, a lot of Hasidic Jews in the Brooklyn Home Depot what are they building <laughs> there are yeah there, there are, are. <laughs> so that one is like I, I like throw that in at open mics now to like be like okay can I do the timing right on this <laughs> I, I think that's so fucking funny oh it's, my god I, at first and then the, the punch afterward is uh 
uh, a, a rocket to Mars shaped like a strimal, perhaps. And then I realized that no one knows what a strimal is and that I've done too much research on Hasidic Jews. So now I say a furry hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really like that. That's the perfect just like stupid oh my god i love it's that. so That's stupid my bit my like my weakness is writing stupid bits that say nothing about me having yeah. fun with them for a little bit and then being like i need to write something about me and throwing them away that's, yeah yeah that's yeah i like i wanted to write something earnest the other day and i ended up writing about zoos <laughs> <laughs> i wrote a zoo joke the other yeah, day <laughs> i love zoo, i love zoo bits zoos are crazy what was your zoo bit um my zoo bit that i'm, I'm working on right now is uh is that like new york city is insane and no one here realizes like the most insane aspects you and you'll you'll never like if you look at anything in the city for more than five seconds it's insane mm -hmm. and i was told moving up from the south like growing up there that everything would be normal here and it's not and so basically i'm just like there are three zoos in this city <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous no one in this room is mm -hmm. ever more than 20 minutes away from a penguin at all times right? <laughs> like you think that's how things are supposed to be? Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, that's a good bit. I like thank that. You. <laughs> Mine was, uh, I never thought about that. Three, yeah. three zoos and like, why? It's so, the, the city is geographically a very tight area, you well, know? And it's like where we've chosen to put, 90 years ago, a stranger wheeled a caged lion into the middle of Central Park where the children are, yeah. convinced everyone that it was like more cool than it was dangerous. Mm -hmm. And no one has reevaluated their stance on the matter <laughs> since. Like people shit on the South for being back. Words. And like the punch that I have to this joke is like where I'm from, there are no leopards on 63rd Street. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a Joe Exotic bit in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, 100%. My zoo bit is we. I went to the Prospect Park Zoo with uh, my wife and uh, we were we went and because it it's like Sundays are quality time day. Right. Yeah. So we went on Sunday. So I was like, oh, they got red pandas. Let's go see some red pandas. We go. It is pouring rain. Yeah. And I show up to the zoo and I was like, I was so worried that the animals weren't going to be there because it's raining, mm -hmm. right? And you they realize. were. And I realized that animals live outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why would they not be there? The, like, the porcupine is literally looking at me like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like, they're like, I'm worried about them not being there. The animals were worried that we weren't going to yeah. be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb, but yeah. when we saw the red panda in the pouring rain, I was like, of course it's outside. Have you seen the Michael Good? <laughs> bit on dogs uh no he's like people are always upset when i explain to them back home in iowa that both of my dogs are outside dogs and i have to be like yeah dogs are from outside yeah you know what's weird your dog watches american idol it's one of my favorite bits. It's i one like of my that favorite bits. yeah zoo, zoo jokes animal jokes it's just like it's so easy i used to my, my buddy alex richards the australian mm -hmm. comic he used to have a show called uh, Bedsty Bed Guy because he had two beds in his room for some reason. Yeah. But it was a live stream where he would get a comic on every week and you would each write 31 liners and then just go back and forth. That's insane. He ended up writing like so many over the course of like doing the show for like months, right? Yeah. But we, he like found, and I noticed this too, is like, it's so easy to write one-liners about animals. Like, it's just like, yeah. you're like, what is your default, like, monkey brain go-to? And it's yeah. like, I'm gonna write about animals. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna talk about my trauma or my personal no. perspective. No, it's That's about... for the birds. Yeah, it's about ants. It's about yeah. monkeys, you know? It's about yeah. birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, Ernesty. So, you not really writing bits about yourself right now? I try to. I, I'm mm. writing... I'm, I, I'm trying to find the balance because it's like, okay, like... You know, I, I, I want to write about myself yeah, to yeah. some degree, but 
I think my issue is that sometimes I will try to be earnest about stuff. Um, like I use comedy to process a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the way that I I write is I write stuff immediately or as it's still happening to me. And I don't think, I mean, some people can do that and mm. it's brilliant. I don't think I am able to write a bit like that because I think the way that I'm up there and when I'm talking about myself, people know exactly how I feel about the situation. Right, right. Like just through delivery. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, if I'm still dealing with something and I'm trying to write a bit about it, like the audience will sense my discomfort. Like my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents are going through a divorce, mm -hmm. which has been like. I'm very sorry. Thank you. <laughs> no one cares when your parents get divorced in your 20s. That, and that was a bit that I wrote. <laughs> okay. Um, That's a good bit. Yeah. There's no pamphlet for us. Um, and so <laughs> I like, I tried to write, uh, I tried to write a bit on it, like as it was like, I, I didn't, I like was still figuring it out. Yeah. And uh, it stuff went well the very first time I said it. And then I tried to write more material on it. And I realized I had written a bunch of superficial stuff that had nothing to do with me. I was just right. commenting on divorce. Yeah. And then the second I made it about myself, stuff started just bombing and eating mm. shit. And I'm like, like, okay, like these jokes are structured well. Like I know that like a payoff should be here. Um, but finally like i had one mike that just went bad and meredith these was there and i was like i'm trying to figure this out and then she was like well what do you want to say about it and i was like i don't really know and she was like well how do you feel about it and i was like i don't know and then mm -hmm. she kind of like it was just kind of this moment of like oh i gotta figure that out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't i can't force myself to have a perspective on something yeah and that only comes with time mm -hmm. so like now i'm writing material on it and it's going very well yeah um but yeah, it's just like this process of like, I have to get to a point where I'm okay with it, I think. A hundred percent. And then I don't I, want to write about it because I feel like I've processed it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just have to wait. So it's not, thoughts. you don't get that hot strike while it's hot type feeling, you know? No. And when I do, it makes me feel really bad about myself. Like, I'm just like, oh, this, like, like <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm really sad, you know? <laughs> Dude, so. I, my parents got divorced in fourth grade and I still don't have any jokes about it. And literally, like uh, Anya Jones, you know her? No. Okay, so she has the she had the show or has the show called Live and Unqualified, where she has two comics. They do a like a five minutes each, whatever. Yeah. And then after their sets, she like interviews them about the turning point in their lives. Yeah. And I talked about my parents' divorce. Two people cried, and I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is worth joking about." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like I need to talk, talk to a professional and then talk to you. All. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, I've processed it. Uh, do I want to go back to that place in my mind? No. I don't think so. No, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and then now, now my 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 curses is that when I talk personal stuff, it's all my wife jokes. It's like, dude, I fucking live with her. Yeah. Like we we hang out all the time. It's impossible. She makes me laugh. That's why I love her. So yeah. it's like, and when I have too many jokes that are about my wife, I'm like, I'm gonna, I need to stop. I need <laughs> something else. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's also too much of a too much of a flex on a Brooklyn audience. I've noticed to be married. Yeah, I find that like it's not like for some people it feels like a flex, but it like it kind of feels like braggy, and it also feels like everyone look every like I joke that like if comedy the comedy scene is high school right yeah. it's high school two point yeah I'm like one of the weird Mormons who got married early like that's that's what it is because yeah. people are like like people are like yo you're so young you're 28 that's so early yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, man, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> like, in Brooklyn, they're like, I'm in, I've been in a polycule until I was 33. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 
So I don't know, but that's uh, writing personal shit. It's uh, some people do it so well, and it's like it's like my like final frontier that I feel like I just need to solve. Yeah. You know, it's I would like. I mean, you know, he's one of my like best friends. Like love him, Nico Carney. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, he can write about personal stuff like no one else. Like I like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm surrounded actually by comics that are so like my really close friends can all talk about it so well mm-hmm. and i'm just like i wouldn't be able to do that yeah <laughs> like yeah. you're running these amazing jokes and you're like does anyone need a gun huh yeah. when i'm just like i like i yeah exactly like i'm like i yeah i can offer you a gun and that's yeah. about it <laughs> because I, i'm also just like a big believer not to get too philosophical i think that like the way that stand-up is trending is like it's less like anyone can i think observational jokes mm-hmm. are like not going by the wayside but i feel like you know there's so much content all the time that like if you're making an observation, yeah, someone's made that before probably. Basically. But so I think what happens then is like, okay, it's like the next level of like how you become a great comic is like, you know, you it's it's what what do you have to say yeah. truly? And like mm-hmm. what's the story that you're here to tell? So yeah. that people with poignant messages, I think, are gonna rise to the top now. A hundred percent. And I that's something that I feel like I I see lots of straight white guys, a lot of fellas struggle with, you know, because it's like what's in in comedy is perspective. Yeah. What are the American perspectives we've heard to death? Yeah. Like ours generally, you know, and then that's why I feel like you have a lot of straight white guys who are just like, I'm going silly, baby. It's silly all the way. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going silly. And then it's it's like. Yeah, and it's hard because like what that demands from you too is like to be well at that is like just constant self reflection. Yeah, which is, like, something that's not good for my mental health. Oh, it's finding. bad. Yeah, like to constantly be like, how how am I as a person? Yeah, how should, am I unique? Should I be that? Yeah, too. Also, like, is this weird that I behave this way? Right. Like, you know, the the constant like searching for like what's like the special sauce? What's the special thing that I have that I can present yeah. to these people that they'll like? And then constantly mulling over that and being like, I don't know. I'm just like a guy. I yeah. don't know. I'm just like hanging out. And I think like the you know the lesson to be learned is like I think that's a great way to like be like okay yeah like you know I think if more people did that they would realize like yeah I shouldn't be talking about this mm-hmm. like yeah you know, <laughs> I think they would come to that conclusion a lot quicker. Um, but I think it's also like hard because then it's just like, yeah, it's like, what do I have? Like, what do I have to say? Like, you know, am I the person that I want to be? Like, I, yeah. I can go down a rabbit hole pretty quickly yeah. about myself. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I also have this thing where I feel like sometimes like I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. I got a bunch of nerdy yeah. shit going on. And like, sometimes I'm like, oh, what's like true to me? And I think about it. I'm like, well, I have like all this nerdy stuff I could probably talk about, but I'm like, but that's not like my whole personality. And then I feel yeah. like I don't want to pigeonhole myself or like do material that's too niche and I don't know you know so we're just talking about the zoo (laughs) they're crazy these zoos are crazy you know but it's it's always a challenge you know um do you find um do you do when you write sketch do you feel like you're writing personal stuff or silly stuff yeah and no one knows that I'm writing personal stuff you're writing personal stuff nice it's a lot of divorce bits (laughs) did your parents get divorced at gunpoint is that is yeah, that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah. They yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, listen, Sam, <laughs> yeah, come yeah. in here. Yeah. We got a lot of tension to build. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I that's what I like about sketch is mm. that I can be personal and no one knows that I'm personal. Interesting. Because a lot of people are like, you you I'll like write something. I I'd like to lean more absurdist and then like, you know, it, it 
comes back into normalcy and you know i i'm i'm trying to lean more into that voice now because i think that's where my brain operates mm-hmm. like i just like doing crazy shit for no reason okay um but like what gets me there are a lot of like i don't know like just thoughts about like life it's like less observational and more like this is like strange mm. like this is a strange behavior i noticed or like something interesting yeah. do you have any do you have any sketches that felt like really personal to you they have that come to mind um yeah i like i wrote one uh i mean what i had a a game show sketch that i wrote in college called why am i so anxious okay um <laughs> and i mean that one that one's blatantly personal yeah, and yeah, it's yeah less absurdist but it was just like a game show sketch of i played a host i was myself mm-hmm. um and i asked a contestant a series of uh, situations and mm. they had to tell me why I was anxious mm. so it started off like being like you know I'm taking like an exam and then they're like oh you're like you're worried you're gonna do poorly and then mm. it, then I'm like yeah that's correct and then I'm like all right for 500 points here's your next scenario I'm at a nice dinner with my girlfriend <laughs> and they're like I, I don't know what? <laughs> and I was like I don't know either I'm, I, I desperately want an answer yeah um, so like stuff like that um but then there's like just weirder stuff. Uh like um I had someone uh lose someone close to them. Mm-hmm. Um and we had a conversation about how people uh talk about things when you like lose a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um and how no one knows how to talk about it. Yeah. And uh and it honestly at some point like just feels better for you to just like instead of like avoiding saying like like some people like, you know, someone like loses their mom and like people are like too afraid to talk about their mom in front of them and then like mm. the the stuff that we talked about is like yeah sometimes it's better if you just started referring to my relative as like my super dead mom or like something like that and so <laughs> yeah. like it's just like i wrote like a stupid sketch yeah where, like that was like the whole thing that's smart though yeah it's a i feel like that's a that's a topic that no one has ever figured out <laughs> yeah exactly exactly guess what we all live and die and everyone <laughs> dies all the time and yeah. no one everyone is like we don't know how to talk about it at no. all yeah. no yeah, yeah. Even, even in middle medieval europe they're like let's just draw skeletons on everything and everyone's like <laughs> yeah. we're all gonna die cool cool, cool. all right cool, 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 <laughs> no biggie yeah. no biggie yeah yeah, that's a that's great. Inserting your inserting your personal viewpoint into sketch, finding that easier than stand up. That's really interesting. It's just more liberating because you can be abstract. I'm not limited to talking about it from my life cuz like mm. I can I can create whatever scenario I need to to express it comedically. Right. And when you're doing stand up, you have to bring all the context yes. yourself. But yeah. if you're in a sketch, you you can I can create build context. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have you what's been what's been your biggest triumph as a sketch team so far? Do you have any highlights? Uh, I, the, just a, attendance. I mean, yeah. when you're a sketch team, it's easy to put on a, a you know a show and, mm-hmm. and for five people, and that's your monthly. And um, I think one thing that's been really cool is just like. I think I'm just like super grateful for the amount of people mm-hmm. in my life and recently people that I don't know at all mm-hmm. that have just decided to like randomly come to like these shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, you know, I we've, you know, I, I don't want to brag, but we like we, we've sold out a couple of shows. No, we've sold great. out the majority of our shows. Yeah, and yeah. So it's like, you know, having 130 people in there, there's just like, there's... I mean, I, I'll never forget, like, my, my, the highlight of my comedy career so far has been 
our first ever show at Asylum, mm-hmm. selling it out. The way that that stage is packed is that it's it's you know it's not in the round, but it's people to the right of you, to the re- left of you, and and right in front of you. So that first full house laughing, mm-hmm. those low ceilings that are not much taller than this room. Uh, the laughter is so compact it hits you and it feels like a punch in your face and mm-hmm. it's just like that there's just like i've been able to just really like we grind so much and we were at open mics and 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 uh for stand up and and with sketch you're you know you don't know if anything's really good mm-hmm. until you're doing it at a show like there's no right. mics for sketches right so it's like to just have that moment of like there are a bunch of people I love in this room. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of people that I've never met in this room. All of them are laughing and are enjoying themselves. It's just like like that initial wave of laughter, like at a first big payoff when that gun comes out. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's yeah, it's just really cool. I, I think that's like the highlight. And I think that like what's been cool about this group is every single time uh, you know, we have something that we want to do, it, it generally happens. Mm-hmm. Like we were really dedicated and and so it's just been like the highlight is just honestly getting to like work with like, you know, everyone and and just it's it I moved here and I I desperately wanted to do sketch and I had no means of doing it. Mm-hmm. And a like a year and a half later, I'm like doing everything that I wanted to do. You're doing it for real. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It's just, like it's that's that's the highlight. It's just honestly being able to do it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Super, congratulations. Like <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. so badass. Yeah. It's just fun. <laughs> How do you um what's your worst bomb in your sketch group? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring it back down. What's um, what's the what's worse than the rubber gun? <laughs> I, I mean the worst bomb in the sketch group is when we when we walked that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I would say that. I that and okay. like there's no worse bomb because I, I feel like all of our bombs have been the exact same. Okay. They, they've happened. I think there have been two true bombs with sketches. Yeah, yeah. And one of them I don't think was entirely our fault. I think it was a room that we inherited. Mm-hmm. But but that stand-up New York crowd was hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just watched a bunch of like upper west, like you know, middle-aged upper west siders just turn on a group of 20 year olds yeah <laughs> and i'm just like damn <laughs> like, <laughs> nice yeah. yeah that's rough what what uh what kind of things do you have in store for the future do you guys have any plans to do beyond yeah. what you're doing or what's coming up for 24 hour kiss club we have uh, a show on january 21st at caveat mm-hmm. we're moving to a bi-monthly and then tony and i uh in that bi-monthly bi- yeah so every other month not, oh, not twice sorry month. not yes. semi-monthly yeah yeah that would be insane um, <laughs> we, we just realized everyone has so many outside things and, and a new half mm. hour of sketch every single month is an incredible amount of pressure. To it's put. a lot. So it's just been more successful moving to that. But then on the off months, Tony and I are, are starting our own like two man sketch show that we'll have like guests on. Nice. Um, and that'll start in February and we'll just alternate months. Do you have a name for that one? No, we're no. Gonna, we're working on. Is it is it gonna be like sketches that you guys just write and perform in as a duo, or are you gonna bring? We're trying to do duo, in? but duo sketches like nearly impossible to write, in my opinion. Like it's really mm. hard. Like three a three person sketch group, perfect. That's it works out. Need. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're. I think what we're gonna do is like we're gonna to start until like maybe like a third person emerges that like we work with. Like mm-hmm. I think we would. We're just gonna have like guests actors and be like hey do you want to like learn a sketch and be on the show that's a fun um, idea yeah and so just a way for us to continue to write every single month and build towards something nice um those are like the the big projects and mm-hmm. i'm i'm trying to get uh another stand-up show started because i had to 
put mine on pause yeah uh while i figure this out and now that sketch is in a stable place mm-hmm. i can go back to well that. how how frequent was your other stand-up show was that a monthly or i did that once every like two or three months oh, okay so um, just kind of whenever well because i started it the second after the second kiss club show and yeah so immediately it was just like oh i like have to like I have so much, I just had too much. Like it was just too much to do. Yeah. But you need a you need a stand up show to like you know get booked and whatnot. So it's just hard. Devastating news. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like after a year of having a show weekly and then having to call it because of like low audience attendance. Like right now in my comedy career, I feel f- like fully naked. I'm like exposed to the elements. I'm at the whim. I'm going to, but I'm like I want to get through Christmas. That's first. fair. Like, uh, yeah. And the the studio, like, we've really taken off the amount of work we do here. Mm-hmm. So, like, we do- this is an amazing setup. I'm glad you like it. I wish y'all could see. I walked in here. I was so impressed. I thought we were just gonna like sit on a couch. This is beautiful. <laughs> this is amazing. They got lights. They got and, lights. And you would not believe how cheap our rates are and how good the sound quality is. Uh, but yeah, so it's like with with the work picking up here, it's like there are just like what three three nights two nights a week and then one weekend day it's like i gotta be here just to record people's shows and stuff like that yeah. and like we're we're adding a bunch of contracts we're gonna probably start in the new year but i so really like rent fully renting this this space out too yeah yeah okay, we cool. we do like we're basically like we're we're trying to be like a media company in That's, a way yeah so I mean, we're this is a great setup we're like renting it out for like you know general podcasts like recording editing stuff like that we also cut clips we also offer packages where it's like if you sign up for this many episodes with like this many other like clips thumbnails youtube videos like cut out of that Mm -hmm. we give like people discounts but we we're also starting to do in-house only content that we're Uh using to push on like the studio's youtube channel so like limited run podcast series where we just publish through us but it's like a lot of stuff it's like a lot but there's nothing like having a stand-up show. There's nothing yeah. like having people hit you up and be like, hey, can I be on that? Yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah, grovel. Yeah, grovel. grovel. Yeah, leave, yeah, leaving them on red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to I wanted to get some type of stand-up show going. I just need to yep. carve out space in my schedule because there's nothing like my advice to everyone in, in comedy. Before you become a highly scheduled person, <laughs> yeah. Just start that dog shit weekly bar show, okay? Because there is nothing that's so good for your comedy like just being in front of an audience, even if it's three people. If you do that every week, you're between three and 10 people every week. You get so much better, so much quicker than if you're just doing open mics and then kind of being booked here and there. Well, yeah, because you're like, you're, it's a consistent rep in front of people that you have to work towards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's the best. I don't know. It's the best type of suffering. <laughs> awesome. We're kind of wrapping up here. Um, Sam, what advice would you give to someone who is young and wants to start a sketch group? So like someone in college. Like, Actually, what advice would you give to yourself back when you got into sketch in college? Um, I, I mean, for me, I, I, I think I did the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I would say like, just, like, don't be afraid to like do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was so... I only wanted to operate within the confines of like that group. Mm. Um, but if like you aren't like, if you want to do more, like just do more. Like yeah. your your drive that you have within you, that's like something that like you should act on. Like I wish I had made more content mm. and gotten like, you know, that like gotten through the the shittier part of everything first. Like I still have so much to learn. Like I really am, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it's this group hasn't been around for a full year yet. Like I'm not a sketch master, but like, 
that first year is, is such a grind. Yeah. But really just like, it's like stand up. Like I, I, I just think any, like find a group of people. Uh, it, someone gave me this piece of advice. Find a group of people that you like, do what you think is funny. Don't listen to anyone else and accept the fact that things aren't going to go your way sometimes. And mm -hmm. if you can just get that into your, into your brain, yeah. then it's like, it's fine. But as long as you're like doing stuff that you think is funny, it's fine. Unless you're like, a, a terrible person yeah then don't do that but like yeah, this, this is for the good people yeah but, yeah yeah um that's fair and i yeah yeah i'm like all about finding your tribe i think yeah. the comedy community is like it's so important and whatever other hobby or whatever you're into the community aspect will like yeah. make it make it it'll make it fun you know no a hundred percent and it's like that's i like if you're looking up and you're not having fun doing comedy, mm -hmm. take a break. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's another thing, dude. Don't be afraid to give yourself a break. Like, the hustle culture is real, and I am a person that never stops ever. Like, mm -hmm. I, I can't have, a, like, God forbid I sit alone with my thoughts for too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, also don't be afraid to take a break. I did my first open mic in, like, three or four weeks yesterday. Wow. I was like, I just need some time and it's like mm -hmm. you know damn I, but now i i like it went well enough to where i was like i think that was the best thing for me yeah i i've been i think i talked about this last week but i've been like writing every day for like two and a half months and i resisted the writing every day thing for three and a half years of stand-up okay yeah four years of stand-up and then when i started doing it, i was like oh this is actually amazing and like most of the yeah. stuff is bad but what's great is that i'm at a point where I have more stuff that I want to try and work on than I do time to actually go to mics. So when I actually go to like two or three mics, I'm like, all right, I got I got stuff I want to work out. Like I am excited to go there versus when I first got to New York City, it was like the opposite. It was like, yeah. I'm doing so many mics that I literally can't think. Like I can't, yeah. I don't have, no, I have nothing. I have nothing to talk about. Burnout's I'm real. bored, yeah. Burnout's really real. So take care of yourself yeah. out there. Um, all right, final question. What do you love about sketch? I just, I don't know. I I like the... I know you had a really good answer earlier, but yeah. this is what I close with. So. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I think what I like most about it is that uh, I, it's why I started like acting when I was really mm -hmm. little. I think it's just like to be able to like make people laugh, the thing, like just like my favorite thing um but then also just like it's also nice to do it in a way where you don't you get to step outside of yourself and you get to like be mm -hmm. someone else i get the, i just think it's i don't know it's just fun like it's just I, fun That's it's it. like it's just like it's a great way to like decompress mm -hmm. and like you know however bad my day is like i'm like okay i'm just gonna go be an idiot for an hour yeah like, <laughs> it's just like yeah it's like the best release Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. This was yeah. a blast you talking to you. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me uh, on uh, Instagram, uh, Sam underscore underscore Schaefer. That's S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. Um, and uh, on Twitter and TikTok at Sam Once Praise. I'll be at Caveat on January 21st with 24-Hour uh, Kiss Club. And uh, we'll also be on the Union Hall New Year's Eve extravaganza. Nice. No New Year's Eve plans early, and you want to watch some comedy. Hell yeah. Awesome. Guys, go follow Sam everywhere. Uh, all his links will be in the episode description, as always. Check out 24-Hour Kiss Club, and everyone that's on that team is fantastic. They're all hilarious comedians, great people. Yes. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, hit subscribe. 
you know, maybe if you got this far and you're listening to an audio, maybe like share it on your Instagram story. That would be really cool. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening and watching and I'll catch you all next week. Bye.